FM Breakfast Show with the double L team, Lyle and Lawson. Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening here on 88, uh, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And this morning we're going to give a special shout out to those listening, listening in Deception Bay, Queensland, those listening in How Long, New South Wales on 88 and Opossum Bay in Tasmania on 87.6. Deception Bay. Yes. What an unfortunate name. Yes. I am sorry for all of you people. I want to go there. Why? Is this to represent your character? Is that... No, I just want to find out why it is called Deception Bay. What is deceiving about oh, it? Oh, true. Is, is, it, is, it, is it somewhere, a place that sort of looks like it's just going to be full of mangrove swamps and, and mud, and when you get there, it's absolutely stunningly beautiful? Is this why it's called Deception yeah, Bay? Yeah, or maybe, like, on the outside... It looks like really gross, but then they've like created some kind of secret utopia like underneath the ground or something. I, I want to find out. I want to know. Absolutely. Man, I want to the go there too. Wanna, the other thing I want to know about is why is Opossum Bay in Tasmania called Opossum Bay? Why isn't it called Possum Bay? It's called Opossum Bay. Opossum. Opossum. So the Opossum is a critter that lives in the United States mm-hmm. and is kind of really gross. Mm-hmm. Just goes around eating really dead, rotten stuff. But we don't have them here. We don't have them. We have very cute, very nice, beautiful Awesome possums. possums. And we're grateful for those they guys. they stay out of the fruit trees. That's they are, right. They are a problem. In they can day. walk around my roof all they want. It, they, they, it's when they're you know, tapping around. It's good, as long it's good as they time. stay out of the orchard, all is well. <laughs> You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. Our first quiz question is, what kind of plant provided shade for Jonah? 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer to that one. And if you do, you will go into the draw to win our prize, which will be drawn at 8.45 today. Exodus, Myth or History by David Roll. Guys, this is your final opportunities to be able to get in to win this incredible book. Written by David Roll, who is an Egyptologist, a historian, a Bible believer, and ultimately sifting through the evidence that we have in archaeology and literature and whatnot to find out whether Exodus, this critically important book of the Bible, actually happened. But again, the question was, what kind of plant provided shade for Jonah? 0491-064-669. It's quite gorgeous for a while, but anyway. Mm. um, (laughs) That was was a clue, guys. Let's... um, Let's, let, let's get on with positively different news right now. Okay, I have a story to tell you, Lyle. This is good. A story. During positively good news time, it is good to tell stories. That's I have a really good, amazing story to tell you. Okay. Well, it's a story of people. Yes. And the story starts in 1942, 100 kilometers off the south coast of Victoria, where the SS Iron Crown gets torpedoed by the Japanese. Or you could say 100 kilometres off the north coast of Tasmania. Yeah, but no one would say that. Anyways, uh, (laughs) so (laughs) the SS Iron Crown gets torpedoed and 38 people on board, like 38 of the people on board pass away. Yes. One of those people who passed away was a guy by the name of Frank Stewart, who was 64 at the time, and, yeah, went down with the ship. Now, Frank Stewart 
had two kids back at home in southern Victoria that, uh, you know, well, Victoria's a pretty southern place, but they were now orphaned because their mother had passed away earlier in their lives, which is a, a pretty common thing to happen at that time. You know, mortality rate was fairly high back in the 40s. Second World War mortality rate was very high. That's right. And so essentially it leaves Bill and Beryl Stewart orphaned. They have no family or parents. Now, the news then came to them, you know, it's like, okay, what are we, what are we going to do? Uh, Beryl was immediately adopted and taken to South Australia. Bill was put into a boy's home, an orphanage within Victoria and literally standing there as nine and 11 year olds, they hugged for the last time, split off into, you know, Adelaide, South Australia and Southern Victoria into a boy's home. And never saw each other ever again. Wow. Uh, there was uh, thinking at the time from, you know, the family that adopted Beryl, like, oh, it'd be better to, you know, cut her off from her family and give her a new start so that she can grow and, you know, become her own person and be a part of our family. Uh, obviously, I, I don't necessarily think that's the best way to go about it. But, you know, back in the 40s, this was what these people were thinking. Okay, this is, this is yeah, how a terrible gonna... idea, but there was a lot of terrible things that were done back in the 40s. That's right. This we, is... look, we look back on the 40s and, and, and cringe in horror at many of the things that took place, as future generations will do when they look back on our era. Yeah, 100%. And so ultimately, you know, they were split up. Now, it's currently 80 years later since that happened. Right now, uh, Mr. Stewart, Bill Stewart, is now 91 years old. And in 2019, they had, the, well, the CSIRO, you know, going, diving off the south coast, 100 kilometres off the south coast of Victoria, found the SS Iron Crown. And they did some research within the Iron Crown, you know, got some different records and different things and basically, you know, harvested what they could from the sunken ship. Obviously, they saw a lot of dead people down there. But, uh, yeah, they, they went and checked it out. And then as a result of, you know, them finding the SS Iron Crown, finding all these records and whatnot, they decided to have a memorial service for those who passed away on the SS Iron Cl Crown, inviting the families of those who passed away. Now, it wasn't Bill Stewart who went to this memorial service, but a relative of his who went along, who got invited, and then, you know... Because all, all the descendants, I guess, would have been invited. That's right. All the descendants got invited, and this relative went along and then got in contact with Bill and was like, hey, you know, I just went to this thing and I wanted to let you know, you know, we had a memorial and, you, you know, your father was on the ship, and Bill's like, yeah, of, of course I know that, uh, but the, the problem I'm having is that I don't know where my sister is. Now, a little bit of background over the previous 80 years, uh, there was a period period of time in which Bill was travelling to Adelaide every year to look for his sister. Yes. Beryl. So, like, he was trying to find her. So these guys are pretty old now. Yeah, these guys, Bill is 91 and Beryl is 89. Like, these are, these are... You would assume at that age that it'd be like, the chances of your sister still being alive would be kind of slim. And that's what the thought was, is like, yeah, well, they've probably passed away. And I think... The particular struggle for his sister is, like, she had a name, last name change from Stuart to Johnson and, you know, and then getting married as well. Like, it's just, there's just been separation that has been hard to overcome in pretty much 
any age except for the modern age. Well, and the other thing too is in the 40s they made very, very strenuous efforts to ensure that when somebody was adopted, they could never contact anyone from their former family because mm. they believed that it was, you know, psychologically harmful if they didn't make a complete break and become a part of the new family. Yeah, that's right. Terrible and, idea. And so ultimately, now, uh, Bill, you know, talking to this relative is, who went along to this memorial is like, oh, but, you know, like, obviously I know because I'm still attached to the family and, and you know, but like my sister, like, I don't know where she is. Like, I, I've never been able to find her. I've never been able to contact her. And then, so basically, then her, this, this guy's relative, Bill's relative is like, oh, well, hey, you know what? I'll, you know, I'll have a look. Do some digging. Yeah, that's right. We're in the modern There's era. There's a lot more information available these days than what there used to be. And so she starts to dig around, have a look, and ultimately lands on Adelaide. Like, oh, she, she must still be there if, she's anywhere and so then she contacts the local newspapers you know like the, the ones that get published in adelaide and was like hey can you put a you know an ad in the newspaper can i pay for an ad in the newspaper that is seeking for this person beryl stewart who has now become beryl johnson i'm, I'm looking for her i really want to find her because we want to get her in contact with the Stewart family. And after putting that ad out at the newspaper, word goes around and ultimately Beryl Johnson is found and reunited with her long lost brother, after Bill 80 years. Stewart, after 80 years. That is a phenomenal story. And oh man, some of the pictures like coming out of this of them like meeting and, and hugging each other and literally being in tears. Because they, they described, like, when they were split up, they did the same thing. They were hugging each other and crying their eyes out, like, I- I'm never going to see my sister again. And that's exactly what took place. And now it's literally, it's it's like come full circle. They've met again. And uh, basically ever since this, this meetup that took place towards the end of last year, they have just talked to each other, like, literally every single day. And they've re-engaged again as family. So they lost their mother. Uh-huh. That's just horrific. Tragic, then they lost yeah. their father. Uh-huh. And they, so they're dealing with both of those griefs. And then they were torn apart. Mm-hmm. And orphaned from each other, like orphaned away from each You know, each there other. has to be a lesson there that when we speak up with such utter confidence about what is best for the human race, that we should have a level of humility because future generations will likely condemn us. Yeah, yeah that's right. You know, because we see so much that is happening right now in humanity, you know, say, for instance, the abortion issue or the transgender issue or whatever, mm. where so many experts are saying this is what is best for the human race. Mm. But we're starting to see a shift where, yeah, it's not going to be too many generations in the future where future generations are going to turn around and curse this generation for mm. what they did and for the damage that they created. But the thing that I see from... Sorry, I'm getting sidetracked. No, 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 that's all good. But the thing that I see that is so powerful from this story is that these people haven't seen each other in 80 years, right? Yes. Like, you'd think, okay, maybe after that time of separation, you know, maybe the emotions aren't really there, maybe the thought isn't really there. But when they came back together, like, it was like just tears. Like, it was yes. like they were so... Tears of joy. They were so moved. And it just makes me think, like... Humanity as a race has been separated from God for thousands of years, like for such a long time. We have just been cut off and separated due to our our own actions. And God has done everything he possibly can to find us. And we have the opportunity to have the exact same experience when Jesus comes back, to see him coming in the clouds and with tears in our eyes and with tears in his eyes, finally reunite after all the effort that's been made. 
You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. To get into more serious news, but before we do, we're going to have the next question in our quiz. Let's even get this one. If you want to encourage all of our quiz players, if you are somebody who plays the quiz on a regular basis, and let's say you've got a prize already, we still love it when you play along. We love to hear from you guys. It's always a blessing. And by the way, before we get to our next question, a couple of people have texted in in relationship to Deception Bay. Oh, okay. So let's see what we've got here. Let's find out. It was <laughs> named by John Oxley. Uh-huh. Because he thought it was a river, but it wasn't. <laughs> That's such a hard stance to take on a place that you thought was a river. It's like, oh, it deceived me. I'm going to call it Deception Bay. Okay, so I've got some more information from another text message here. It says it was Lieutenant John Oxley in 1823, thought it was a river, and found out it was actually just a super shallow bay. Mm. So not only was there no river, which could form a nice, safe anchorage, but it was shallow. Mm. So it really, really let him down. So mm. he just slammed it, and it's been slammed ever since. That's tough. And now I guess some people have to live there and say, yeah, I live in Deception Bay. Yeah, what a place. I've got to go there sometime. Mm-hmm. I've got to visit. I've got to see this place. All right, someone from Deception Bay, give us a call and tell us what it's like to live in Deception Bay. We want to hear from you this morning. <laughs> That's right. Hey, uh, we have another clue for the quiz, and the answer to this question is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. In fact, it's one of my favorite names in the Bible. Like, just incredible. What was the name of Jonathan's son that David showed extra kindness to? If you know the answer to this one, 0491-064-669. And if you answer correctly, you will go into the draw to win Exodus, Myth or History by David Roll, which is an incredible book getting into all the history that we have, all the archaeology, everything that we know about Egypt and whether the Exodus took place. And if you would like that, again, that number is 0491-064-669. What was the name of Jonathan's son that David showed extra kindness to? Okay, so we'll give you extra bonus bragging points if you can spell it correctly. Oh, yeah. But if you don't spell it correctly, well, if we if we can tell who you are saying who this is, mm-hmm. then we'll give it to you. Mm-hmm, 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 extra mm-hmm. bragging points if you can spell it. It's correctly. such an epic name. It is. Mm. It should be revived. Mm-hmm. I, heard, I I agree. I haven't I haven't heard of anyone named this. In fact, in while. fact, I'm I'm planning to revive it. Ah, oh, there you go. There you go. Okay, so if you know what the name is, and you are Lawson's future wife, then <laughs> you've just found out the name for your. Son? (laughs) All right, so wars and rumours of wars. The Bible says that at the end of time this will be a major feature that we will be dealing with. And, of course, you know, we have seen Mm. a massive escalation in warfare over the last 200 years and the means to be able to conduct warfare. Yeah, wow. You know, and I've I've made this comparison before, but if you take, you know, an army from 2500 BC, you could defeat an army from, you know, the 1800s, the Mm. early 1800s. Mm-hmm. Because there was not that much that had changed in technology. 2,500 years ago, not 2,500 BC. Ah, well, 2,500. Well, maybe. maybe. Uh, but definitely 2,500 years ago. Yes. Yeah. 500 BC. Yeah. Okay. So, but then, of course, everything has changed dramatically since then. Mm-hmm. And we have war in Europe right now. It's been a long time since we've seen war in Europe, but we have war in Europe happening. We have, uh, we've, we've had continual warfare in the Middle East. Mm. Just never seems to stop boiling over. Mm. 
We've had the United States involved in Iraq and in Syria, places like that. Uh, we've got, you know, the threat of war with China, with particularly Taiwan being a major, major spot of contention. We've got Chinese battleships that have been uh, shadowing Australian battleships in international waters. You know, what's that all about? Mm. You know, some very, very aggressive moves that have been taken around our world. And now Joe Biden has come out and said that he's not going to rule out war with Iran. With Iran? Yes. So here's the, here's the situation in Iran. Iran has uh, the biggest military in the Middle East by far. Mm. I mean, the Iranian military outnumbers probably six or eight of your major Middle Eastern countries. Uh So this is very, very... You've got 650,000 men in their army. So that's a a massive army. Uh Not only do they have the largest army in the Middle East, but they are on the verge of creating a nuclear weapon. Mm. That would be very, very scary. They have shown that, you know, they're not afraid of firing rockets into Iraq or towards Israel. Mm Mm-hmm places that they see as being their enemies. And so as a result of that, what we might be on the verge of seeing and what is being talked about is an Arab NATO. Mm. Because all of these Arab countries, they look at Iran as like, yeah, there's no chance we would have ever against this particular country. you know. And you're talking about big ones like UAE, you're talking about uh, Saudi, you're talking about mm. Egypt, places that have a decent military force. You're talking about Israel. Mm. Uh, and so they're sort of saying, okay, we can't face down Iran on our own, particularly if Iran gets a nuclear weapon. What if we created our own NATO? Mm. Which strategically makes sense, but what is most interesting about that is that if they're going to create their own NATO, they're going to include Israel. Mm. Because why wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd want to. Israel has the best technology, they have the best training, they have the best troops. It's like their whole army is made up of special forces. Yeah. If you're going to form a NATO, then include Israel, but most of these countries historically haven't even recognised Israel as a country. As a country, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is going to be interesting to see what actually happens right here. And so some of the countries that are actually talking about this right now is Egypt, mm. Saudi Arabia, Jordan, Israel's, Israel's in favour of it, mm. UAE. Uh, based on, you know, the principle of the enemy of my enemy is my friend. Mm. Just so to go against Iran. They would have to unite together to go against Iran. Mm. Okay, so in 2015, uh, Obama created a deal uh, which six countries signed up to in which they lifted sanctions on Iran because they've had some massive sanctions on Iran because of its nuclear program. And under that deal, Iran had to limit its nuclear program. It had to have observers in the country and the Islamic Revolutionary Guard would come off the terrorist watch list. Uh, Trump tore that up in 2018, which personally, my opinion is, I think that was a bad idea. Mm. Then, uh, because when you turn your enemy into your friend, you have defeated your enemy. Mm. It's a better way to defeat him. But Biden has come out and said he will not remove uh, the Islamic Revolutionary Guard off the terror watch list under any circumstances with any deal or any negotiation, and he will go to war if necessary to prevent Iran from having nuclear weapons. Mm. And so are we facing, you know, just another war in the Middle East? Do, Do they ever stop fighting in the Middle East? And does America ever stop intervening and 
poking their finger into that hornet's nest. Yeah, and again, the context being a race to stop nuclear war, like, again. Uh, a race to stop weapons of mass destruction. Have we ever heard? Yeah. Let me think. Let in me a think. place that is rich with natural resources. And, and lots of oil. <laughs> oh, dear. All right, so Pell is back in court again. This is the father of an ex-choir boy who died by suicide in 2014. Mm. He was informed by the police in 2015 after his son had committed suicide that the police believed that he'd been abused by Cardinal Pell. Cardinal Mm. Pell served 13 months in jail for that and for another abuse before he was acquitted by the High Court of Australia. And so this particular father is now suing uh, Cardinal Pell and the Roman Catholic Church Mm -hmm. uh, for a whole bunch of things that they didn't do enough of to protect children. will be interesting to see how this proceeds because this is a civil case, not a criminal case. Mm -hmm. And a civil case has a much, a vastly lower burden of proof required. That's right, yes. uh, To be able to extract a very, very large amount of money from both Cardinal Pell and the Roman Catholic Church. Mm. And so, yeah, Pell got off on the criminal case. Will he get off on the civil case? Let's... Mm. Uh, keep watching this space. Which is a thing that actually happens, though, in terms of, like, people getting off the the criminal case but still getting done in the civil case. Like, for example, like, O.J. Simpson didn't go yes. to jail but then paid $30 million for the death of, you know, his wife. And there's also some, something to be said for being punished by the system. Mm. Think of the stress. Think of the sleepless nights. Think of the years or even decades that these people are fighting this in court. Think of the cost, the financial cost, not just of how much you've got to pay in damages, but how much you pay. How much did, did Simpson pay in lawyers? Yeah. You know? Oh, that's right. That, that was like the, the thing of the case is that, like, he got the best lawyers. The lesson here is don't do bad things because the possibility of being punished <laughs> by, the, by the system, even if you get off, is... It's way too high. Mm. It's way too terrible. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. What was the name of the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus? That is the next question for our quiz. I thought I would just come in hard off the bat just to get you guys in because we have an amazing interview coming up with Claire from Melbourne that I recorded when I had a bunch of friends up here visiting us. Uh, but before we get into it, yeah, just got to let you know that is the next question for the quiz. If you know the answer, 0491 Again, that question was, what was the name of the cousin of Mary, the mother of Jesus? And we have come to our time now for a guest interview. And across from me, I have sitting Claire. Thank you for coming in. You're welcome. Hello, everyone. My name is Claire. I'm from Melbourne. (laughs) Awesome. Well, Claire, I am blessed to know you, having met you towards the back half of 2021. I think it was in in December, actually, getting down there and and seeing you guys down in Melbourne. But uh, now we have you in the studio to talk about who you are and how it is that you've come to God. Uh So I guess we can start right there. Claire, you know, who are you? What are you you doing with yourself and where do you come from? Yeah, so... I was born in Hong Kong, so oh. I was raised as a Buddhist. Wow. So, yes, lots of influence, cultural influence. Yeah, from very young, I didn't know God at all, but mm. I really want to know the meaning of life. Yeah. That's why I follow my mom to the temple, like to chant, mm. to meditate, all these things. 
yeah, I was a really, really good kid. So I just follow her around to different temples and meditations and things like that. But I still couldn't find the meaning of life. Mm. Yes. So you were looking in Buddhism and Hong Kong and that influenced your mom. It's like, maybe there's something there. Yes. But just never really, that didn't really eclipse or didn't really come into anything sustaining or meaningful. Yeah, that's right. Because my childhood was not the best as well. Like family reasons, you know, my mom and my dad's never close. And I just couldn't understand why I exist mm. and why I was born. I really wanted to know and was quite suicidal when I was a child. Wow. Yeah. What was the steps then from there? This is the state you're in as a child. Did things begin to change? So things begin to change when I go to like secondary school. Um, so I have more freedom. I have more money to spend. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I started to buy lots of self-help books at that time, mm-hmm. like the chicken soup and uh, how to be effective people, how to make friends, like all mm-hmm. the self-help books that I read a lot during my secondary school years. Mm-hmm. And because my grade was not that great, so I was having the opportunity to go to Perth for my university study. Oh, wow. So that really changed my whole life mm-hmm. of having the choice to go overseas to study. Mm. And so you come to Perth, Western Australia from Hong Kong for your university studies. Yes. And then from there, you know, how, how does your life start to shape up? Yeah, I guess that's a huge change, right? It was a huge change from uh, Hong Kong, a busy city, to Perth, such a relaxed, mm. <laughs> very, you know, chill type of city. Um, but it really helped me to have time to reflect and be still mm. at that time. So at that time, I was just going to uni, study my degree as a pharmacist. Mm. And then I was just having part-time job, having a relationship with a guy at that time. Life was very... Very peaceful and mm. uh, no disruption from family. I just live a life as a uni student. Mm. Yes. Awesome. So you're in Western Australia, living life as a uni student, peaceful, it seems. Mm-hmm. Now, you haven't necessarily gotten into Okay, You've come from this Buddhist background. Yes. When did that begin to, to change? When did you begin to, to look into religion and Christianity? What what was the deal there? Oh, very good question because during the uni time although everything seemed so peaceful and going well but i was still having the thirst of why am i like exist in this world mm. so that was still a main question that's a very deep hole in me that i want to find the meaning of life mm. so as a pharmacy student when you pass the first three years of your course mm. the fourth year you have lots of time mm-hmm. yeah because so you um, the hardest year you have passed, so they don't bother to give you much homework. So I had lots of times in hands. Mm. So as a uni student, when you have so much time, what would you do? Oh, well, I know for me, when I was a uni student during COVID gave me a lot of time, I practiced music like five hours a day. I just played instruments <laughs> and sang a lot. Uh, but, you know, for I think for a lot of people in that, it's like you just sink your time into some kind of interest or hobby, like uh-huh. just trying to learn things and understand things. Yes, you are very positive. So for me as an Asian, we just like to be stuck at home all the time. Right? Yeah. I just like to be in my room. So the only friend I have in my room will be my internet. Mm-hmm. So I spend a lot and lots of time to search things on internet, to watch mm-hmm. YouTube, mm-hmm. all types of things. Mm-hmm. And one day I have watched a video called The Truth of Michael Jackson's Death. Okay, The Truth of Michael Jackson's Death. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the video was telling me that Michael Jackson was not 
um, killed by the overdose of medications.、Mm. But actually, a group of people wanted to kill him before his co- next concert because、mm. he wanted to expose them. Okay, so this is kind of in the realm of what most people would consider like conspiracy theory. Yes, I didn't know anything about that,、uh-huh. but because of my pharmacy background, I know Michael Jackson is such a rich person.、Uh-huh. Why did he need to change so many different names to get you know the control medications for his pain? It doesn't really make sense for the news.、Mm-hmm. So it, yeah, it had really brought into my attention that oh, that may be true.、Mm. Yes, yeah, maybe something is going on in the background. So. I, I guess for you, you started to consider like, oh, maybe there's something at play in our world that is a little bit more than just, you know, what we see. Yes, that's right. So from that video, really triggered my curiosity of what is really happening behind the scene. So I had do research more than eight hours a day、mm. for six to eight months at that time.、Mm. During the period of digging into so many different things that was happening in the world,、mm. like the nine one one, you know, the music that is in the movies and the music industry, why there's so many subliminal messages、mm. that I didn't even picked up before, and the food,、um, the labeling system, and the genetic modified food, and so many things I dig、um, during that. Six to eight months, like ten hours a day, was so addictive that I couldn't stop myself of what is happening in the world.、Mm. So I guess you're having this experience of just taking in all this information, and, I, and I, I guess it seems as though trying to fill that hole of like understanding meaning, right?、Mm-hmm. Especially you're confronted with like, wow, you're living in Australia, really nice place, like really relaxed, but now it's like, oh, actually. Things aren't as they seem, and you're just digging and digging and digging and digging. Exactly.、Mm. Um, the process was so addictive that it really resonates with me with a movie called The Matrix. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not、um, recon- like recommending you guys to watch Matrix, but it really resonates to me that actually we are living in a micromanipulated world.、Mm. That we are living in a dream that someone is controlling behind the scene.、Mm-hmm. No matter where I go, no matter where I buy, I just see the symbologies and the numbers and the languages that I will resonate. All、oh, that is what is happening、mm. at that point. I was so depressed at that time、mm. for three months because I was thinking, what's the point of living if we are, you know, being micromanipulated? And yeah, what's the point really? We're just being like a, you know, a chess in a game that we. Didn't understand we in the game、mm. that someone is controlling basically.、Mm. So I reached that point that I was really depressed. I yeah, I just didn't really understand why do I need to exist.、Mm. But after all this research, right, all this secret societies research, that it made me to have a conclusion to a point that if such an anti-Christ organization exists, then God. Must exist.、Mm. So, if there's such a presence of evil, then there must be something good. There must be some kind of good truth that's being covered up by all of this evil that is trying to do the opposite. Exactly. So,、mm. antichrist doesn't mean you know the the symbology of you know having the horn or like a monster. Yeah. Antichrist just mean anti. Christian teaching,、mm. so anti the teaching of Jesus Christ. So, yeah, that's right.、Yes. Or usually, like a lot of people interpret it as well as like in the place of Christ, something that is trying to take his place 
to divert people away from who he is. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, after all this research, I was so sure that God exists. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So then, what was the step for you? Okay, you you do all this research. You kind of come to conclusions that wow, this world isn't as it seems. There's lots of stuff going on behind the background, behind the scenes. But that means there must be some presence of a good truth or something like that. What was then the steps that you took to get to know God?、Mm-hmm. Very good question. So, as I was so addicted with all this research of going like looking for what is happening in the world, and in two a.m. in the morning, I was still YouTubing,、mm-hmm. and you know how the YouTube have come up with、um, suggestions of what、yeah. you're interested. Yeah, and that's a video. It's called a trip into the supernatural. <gasps> Roger Mono. Roger Mono. That's yeah, right. Okay, okay. I didn't even know what is it. It was like a two to three hours interview for. You can see that it was a very aged video,、mm. but that video really spoke to me.、Mm. So it was a video about Roger Mono. If you don't know him, I recommend you look it up. Yeah. But basically, he was in the elite of the satanic church,、mm. like the elite. Of the elite, yeah. So he know what is happening in there and how people are having all these、um, rising in positions and things. And he was gonna be initiated on that Saturday in the Satanic Church.、Mm. And what happened was that he was moving. There's a new colleague that came to the company、um, that keep the Sabbath. So Roger's boss asked Roger to. See what is happening with this new employee.、Mm. So they have started conversations,、mm. and this new employee is a Seventh Day Adventist.、Mm. And then he was giving Rogers Bible study. They only have five days left before his initiation on the Saturday, right?、Mm. So he was giving him Bible study for free topic a night, fifty four, and、mm. they cover the fundamentals. And Roger decided not to get initiated in the Satanic Church. Wow! And instead of going into the elite of the Satanic Church, instead he becomes a Christian. Yes, he become a Christian.、Mm. And in that video, why it really talked to me is three points.、Mm. So, firstly, there's no evolution. So it's just a Darwin theory.、Mm. So if that's evolution, then there's no need to have a God as a creator.、Mm. And you know, as students or a science student, we believe that we evolved from an ape, and you、mm. know something else. So that's none. And secondly, there is no reincarnation.、Mm. So we died. We just died. Like we sleep after we die, basically.、Mm. So as a Buddhist background, I believe that when we die, we become a pig or an ant. <laughs> Depends on what do we do in this world, right?、Yeah. But there's no reincarnation. So we just sleep after、mm. we die. And thirdly. It says that people go to Sunday to worship. It's worshiping the sun god,、mm. so the sun, but not the god of the sun, not Jesus.、Mm. And what daunted on me during the video is the only group that would not be deceived by Satan are the group that is the group that keep the Sabbath. Because ultimately, they're recognizing God as the Creator and and following Him. Yeah, wow. I didn't even know what Sabbath means,、mm. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, what is Sabbath keeper? What does、mm. Sabbath means?" So from there, yeah, so it was so convincing for me that this is the truth.、Mm. So from there, I need to find out what is Sabbath、mm. keeper, right? So do you know what did I do? 
Uh, you googled some more, right? Yes, <laughs> I just put Sabbath Keeper into Google, and then a few pages come up from the internet.、Mm. So the Holy Spirit is really amazing because there are truth and there is false things on the internet that you can find. But God had led me to AmazingFacts.org. Ah,、oh, okay, yep, yep, Doug Bachelor. Yes, Doug yes, Bachelor. Amazing. Yes. And you find his resources, and you start to listen and engage with them, and start to come to a knowledge of the truth. Yeah, so I signed up with the Bible study online, which、mm. is free. I was like, "Oh, that's free course!" So I just signed up for the Bible study online, and I didn't even read any Bible before. So. I started to understand the Bible from Bible story for children,、mm. yeah, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, and that was my foundation of understanding about the Bible lessons in、mm. the Amazing Facts. Wow! And then slowly, then I went to the Millennium of Prophecy on the Amazing Facts dot org. Uh huh. So through that series, I was converted.、Mm. You started to see well because I think that's so amazing. It's like oh, there's got to be something happening behind the. Behind the scenes, like someone, you know, these people that have information, someone needs to know something,、mm-hmm. and then you come to the conclusion, like, oh, the person who knows is God, and He's shown us through the Bible, like, what is going to take place in the future and what the truth really is. Yeah, the free angel message, the、yeah. feast of the Babylon, yeah, you know, the ripping of Tammuz, the worship of the sun, is all in the Bible、mm. that I was researching from the beast point. Yeah. But when I come to know the truth, it's like whoa! Everything is actually in the Bible that is being prophesied already、mm. of what's happening right now. Wow! Yeah. And so you come to this conclusion. It you, as you said, you become converted. You become convinced. Like I want to follow God. I want to give my life to Him.、Mm-hmm. And then I assume from there you become a Christian. And what does your life look like since then? Wow! It was a v- struggle for me、mm. um, to. Because at that time I was in a relationship, so we were living together. So、mm. obviously I was not practicing as a Christian,、mm. and I never had a Christian friend, and I know no one that go to a church.、Mm. Not if like obviously not a Seventh Day Adventist church.、Mm. But the spirit just keep impressing upon me that、mm. you need to go to a church. You need to、mm. go to a church, and I was really struggled because I know that for the f- time that I made the decision to step into a church. I knew I need to give everything up at that point. Yeah, yes. Give everything to God, and so you. I assume, as we're sitting here this morning talking about、uh-huh. your story of how you've come to Jesus, you make that decision and you decide to to step into a life, you know, with Jesus. Yes. So after a few months of conflicting and crying、mm. and praying, just you know, in my toilet <laughs> in the room,、um, yeah. So I didn't even know where can I find a church.、Mm. So obviously, Google is yeah, my best your friend. friend. <laughs> yep.、Uh-huh. Yeah. So I sat,、um, searched Seventh Adventist Church、um, in Victoria,、um, in Melbourne.、Mm-hmm. No, in WA. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So the Seventh Adventist Church in Victoria Park was the closest church、mm. at that time to me. So I just walk in one day on Saturday after the worship. I just walk into the foyer,、mm. and I saw a lady there, and I asked her, "Where is the receptionist?" Because、mm. I've never been to a church before,、yeah. and then the lady looked at me very strange, and、uh-huh. then I, I say, "I want a Bible,"、uh-huh. and then she said, "Oh, here you go. I just give you." And I say, "I want to pay tithe." <laughs> <laughs> she was like, "It's very puzzled. Where does this girl come from on the street?" 
And then this was another lady walked by the foyer of the church, and then she grabbed her. And this lady is called Del Shannon. And then she came to me. She say hi. And do you know what's the first question that she asked me? What well, What did she ask? She asked me, "Do you want Bible study?" Uh huh. And I look into her face and his eye, her eyes say, I, "I want Bible study." Mm-hmm. Then we started Bible study the next Sabbath. Uh-huh. And then after a year of study, then I got baptized. Ah,、oh, Amen!、Yes. Wow. And so you've given your life to Him. You've become a baptized member of the church. Yes. You've become a Christian.、Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And so from there, like you know, you've you've made that decision to live the Christian life. Obviously, there was would have been a fair few things that needed to change, as you said. You're、yes. you're in a relationship before, but、yeah. then it's like, oh, it's no longer a part of your life because it's like, okay, I'm following God. I'm doing what He wants me to do. Yeah. You were studying to be a pharmacist,、mm-hmm. finishing your degree. Yes. What are you What are you doing now? Right now, I'm actually doing Bible work、um, okay. on the Gateway in Melbourne.、Um, I've been doing it two and a half years.、Uh-huh. Yeah, and I was being a missionary traveling like two years after I got baptized as well、mm-hmm. to different places. Just you know,、mm-hmm. do backpacking and see what Adventist world is like and、uh-huh. what is the missionary work out there、mm. as well. So now you're engaged in God's work. You're meeting people in the community. You're giving them Bible studies、yes. and leading them to a relationship with Christ. Yes, that is powerful. That、yes. is amazing.、Uh, I guess last question I want to ask you,、mm-hmm. just just reflecting on your story and and what you've been through. What what could you say was the thing that really like. That really changed your heart. That really changed your mind when you when you saw Christianity. That made you go, okay, this is something that I want to be、mm-hmm. a part of. What was what was that like? You know, that one message for you that was like, yes, this is what I want to do. So God says that you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free.、Mm. That is really the one message that is always in my heart because、mm. I has been searching for so long for the truth、mm. that. I didn't even know I was searching for the truth,、mm. but when I know the truth, my life is just so different. Amen. My life is free, free from sin, free、mm. from guilt, and free from uncertainties as well. And it's a life that I will never have if I don't choose Jesus. Wow. And although it seems that I had given up a lot, but reflected back, I have given up nothing. Wow. But much more abundant than what I think I will live a life like. Mm. Oh、so, yeah, really encourage if anyone have to make a decisions. Yeah, it's really worth it. Wow, Claire, thank you so much for sharing your story with us on Faith FM this morning. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at one eight hundred Faith FM.